open up your hearts. And one more time, give it up for Sarah Hotz. Hello, everybody. Um, both, both Val and Lee mentioned vessels, but I didn't get that memo tonight. I'm really sorry. Um, but what I did want to share about is um, it's often very easy to be, to be vulnerable about things that have passed, things that we're done with, things that are a finished part of our story, things that are redeemed or have been healed or questions that have been answered, things that have been tied up and have no loose ends. Um, and while these things may have once held really strong emotions, um, those emotions have now been processed. They've been formed into like a nice and neat story that's easy to tell and easy to share. It's a whole lot harder to be vulnerable about the things that we're dealing with in the here and the now, the really messy things that currently don't have answers, um, the places we lack understanding, the things we're struggling with, the places that we, we know we're wrong, but we're still, we're still there. Um, the parts of our heart that don't yet look like Jesus. But there is no space for shame in the kingdom of God. Um, and there's only things, there's only arrows pointing to parts of our lives that we still need to sacrifice to Jesus, that we still need to, to lay at the altar. Um, and so this is something that I want to share tonight. It's a part of my life that's messy, and I don't have an answer to it right now. It's something that I am struggling with, and it's a part of my heart that definitely doesn't currently look like Jesus. So I want to share about three relationships that I'm struggling with. The first is a guy that I experienced rejection from. And now while the feelings for him have passed, there's definitely some more work to do there. And I know this because when I reflect on where my heart is now, some of my thinking around that is something along the lines of, you chose her over me? Like, she's not even Christian, bro. Are we gonna talk about this unequally yoked thing? <laughs> Friend, okay, you are going to regret not choosing me. Because I am going to turn out happy, I am going to turn out successful, and I am going to turn out hot. <laughs> the second relationship, moving on, is an acquaintance um, who for some reason irritates the living daylight out of me. And I don't know why. They've done literally nothing wrong. They've been wonderful. But obviously, I've not done anything wrong either, because I'm perfect. Um, so what's the problem in this relationship? I don't know, maybe it's some like weird psychological projection of parts of me onto them that I don't like. Um, or maybe, you know, not everyone is meant to coexist in the same space, and not everyone is meant to get on with everyone, so we'll just move on. Great. The final relationship is a family member. And boy, oh boy, does family have a way of getting under your skin, especially when they're adding on to 30 years of hurt and love. Um, so we had a massive fight in the middle of last year, and it culminated in so much yelling that our call got like, cut down mid-sentence. Um, thankfully, I was in Hermanus at the time, and we had a two-hour drive back for her, from Hermanus for my friend Ali to listen to me gripe and moan and talk about why I'm right and they're wrong. Thank God for patient friends. Um, for many months after that, both of us stubbornly waited for the other one to apologize. I had many imaginary arguments with them in which my debate points were clear, 
sound and irrefutable. <laughs> and they left me as the undeniable victor of this battle, and them, the apologetic and groveling loser. As you can tell, my family relationships function really well. I share these relationships that I'm struggling with, partly because they make for some comedic relief in the middle of this talk, but mostly because I'm hoping that someone, anyone in the room, even just one person might relate to something that I've said. And I don't mean relate to the other three people I've talked about. I mean relate to me, the one who is holding on to self-righteousness, the one who's holding on to pride, the one who's holding on to bitterness and pettiness. These relationships are part of a conversation that I have been having with God for a really long time. And as I said, I, I have no resolutions yet. Um, I don't know what redemption of these relationships looks like just yet. I do know that there is grace for my sin and my self-righteousness and my pride. But I also know that there is the truth that these parts of my heart don't look like Jesus, and I cannot choose one grace without the other truth. Any concept of grace that leaves us thinking that truth is expendable is not biblical grace. In John 4, when Jesus is talking with the Samaritan woman at the well, he didn't only say, you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now, the truth. And he didn't only say, that those who drink the water I give will never thirst again, the grace. He said both. Jesus was not part truth and part grace. He was all of both. Without truth, we don't recognize God's holiness. Without truth, we don't recognize our sin and the consequences of that. And without truth, we don't recognize the gaping chasm between the two. But without grace, we have no hope of crossing that chasm. If we minimize grace, the world sees no hope for salvation. But if we minimize truth, the world sees no need for salvation. Truth raises the bar of holiness. Grace gives us that boost to get over it. Truth tells us we're sick and grace says there is a cure and his name is Jesus. So I'm here in all of my messiness and broken relationships trying to walk in both this perfect truth and this amazing grace. The perfect truth of God's command to love as God has loved me and the amazing grace of the cross of Jesus. So to look for both grace and truth in these three relationships that I mentioned earlier, grace says it's okay, you're human, you're learning, Relationships are really hard. Um, you'll get there. You were hurt. Um, and not everyone is made to get on with everyone. Truth says, as God has loved me, so I must love them. By this will these three people know that I am his disciple. And right now, I, in all of my sinfulness, probably don't look much like his disciple. Grace with truth says, in all three of these relationships, I'm operating from a place of feeling hurt, feeling insecure, or feeling unloved. My wounds and my weapons are very tangled. But Jesus intended victory for me, not just in eternity, but in the here and the now. The Spirit can transform my heart, the grace, which needs transformation, the truth. 
Jesus can redeem these relationships for grace, which need redemption for truth. Jesus can break these chains, which need to be broken. God knows me too deeply and loves me too much to leave me wallowing in my self-righteousness and pride, focusing on my hurt and rejection rather than on his goodness, his love, his perfect truth, and his amazing grace. Thanks, guys.